Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Everybody and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. And I'm Annie Cardi. Hi, Annie. Hi, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fictional universes uh-huh. and um, set them up side by side. Yeah, just um, sit them down. Yeah, like... Um, Have the talk. Oh, wow. Yeah. As if a, a bird and a bee... Oh, man. We're, <laughs> we're together. We're together. And you know what? We take those two seemingly different things and we find a way. <laughs> yeah. We make them fall in love. Yeah, we really do. We say, we just keep them there until they do. Wow. Yeah. No, see, I thought it was going to be like, you know, maybe they don't think they have that much in common, but then oh. they start talking and it's Not like... Us locking them in an experimental chamber. <laughs> no, this isn't the B movie. That's true. <laughs> I mean, it is from a certain point of view. <laughs> no, but it's a bird. Yeah, that's true. It's a little easier to understand. Wouldn't the bird just eat the bee? <laughs> what did the human just kill the bee? That's true. Or like yeah, shoo it outside. The bee gets a raw deal in all of yeah. this. Why are we trying to make bees mate with birds? Because it's a crossover. That's true. You did tell us about the talk. Yeah, that's true. I did I brought it down this direction. Yeah, right? I didn't go down that road. <laughs> Any what two fictional properties are are growing into themselves in tonight's show. So um, the, a lot of people are going to learn about their body parts and <laughs> where hair is coming from yep. um, with Daria and the Terminator. Oh, man. And that's tough because Terminators can't grow hair. Well, can't they? Well, they, there's a whole thing that we can get into, but they're, they're not their skeletons. Well, they grows on their heads. Yeah, but it's like a skin suit. They can put on suits. Yeah, but that's, I mean, whatever. That's true. I, I, yeah, well, anyway, any, whatever it takes, right? Who among us hasn't worn a skin suit? <laughs> Arnold is also distressingly hairless in the first one. Not distressingly. I mean, Arnold. Bodybuilderly. I think a lot of movie people are. Yeah. At least post 80s. Yeah, that's post true. Post 70s, maybe. Yeah, I think, but yeah, they, the 70s happened and then everybody was like, whoa, things too got much, out of hand. Too much. From it all back. <laughs> Get those waxing strips. Exactly. Oh, my. Annie, save us from ourselves. <laughs> oh Talk God. about Daria, please. <laughs> so there are no waxing strips in this show no. that I remember. Um, Daria is a satirical animated series from MTV about suburban high school life. Um, the show was originally a spinoff of MTV's Beavis and Butthead, although the shows didn't really cross over much outside of the main character having appeared in some Beavis and Butthead episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently... The creator of Beavis and Butthead, Mike Judge, yep. um, he like allowed Daria to have her own spinoff, but he wasn't really involved in that show. Which I feel like is kind of a cool a bit of self awareness or awareness. Yeah, to that be it like, was like I don't I don't want to do anything with this character. Yeah, like I'm not but... gonna do anything, so sure, go ahead, MTV. Yeah. And like lending that publicity boost to it right out of the gate. Yeah. And like letting it be its own thing. Absolutely. Which is real cool. With a better, a more pleasing animation oh, style. One hundred percent. Much yes. more pleasing to those of us who did not like Beavis and Butthead at all. Yeah. Order Muppet. Yeah. Like I ugh, they're so obnoxious and mm. yeah, anyway. Um not gonna go down that road. <laughs> Yeah, let's avoid that road entirely. Yeah. Um, so Daria ran from 1997 to 2002 with five seasons and two movies. Uh, during its run, it received positive reviews and was one of MTV's highest rated shows. And deservedly so, because it was great. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was my favorite show on MTV. Oh, me too. Like, I I feel like it came out exactly when I wanted it. Yeah. Where I was like, I'm in middle school and things are awful and I want to watch someone in high school having an awful time too. Right. Like I, partly I want to like look forward to this, but also like get the sense that it makes it a little less scary because it's like, no, no one really knows what's going on. Right. And you can be like a worthwhile human and not be a cool person. Yeah. You can find your own way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So the show follows Daria Morgendorfer, a cynical and smart teenager trying to survive high school along with her artist best friend, Jane Lane. 
The show positions Daria's misanthropic nature against a satirical vision of American high school and home life, including a sister who's part of the popular fashion club at school. Which I totally forgot about until now. You can't forget the fashion club. No, they won't let you. They'll cut you. No. Yeah. And make you a skin suit. That's true. That's how how it all starts. Wow. (laughs) Uh, so Daria has to deal with normal stuff like science projects and field trips and family vacations and more. Um, the show is much more about the characters and their interactions than lots of particular plot lines. Um, so in that way, it is more sitcom-y and like I don't have a lot to talk about when it comes to the plot. Yeah, there's a lot of like status quo. Yeah. Like- Daria has an A plot. Maybe Quinn has a B plot. Right. The parents are usually in and out in some way. Yeah. Um, And, you know, lots of characters pop up. Yeah. And there are things that continue throughout the series, but it really isn't about like, oh, man, I can't wait to tune in and see how X plot resolved itself. Yeah. I feel like the movies did the most like character movement stuff. Yeah. Like they could spend more time with everybody having like one objective over the course of two hours. And like I think we get some character development over the course of the series, but Mm. it's kind of very gradual moving kind of steps toward becoming better people. Right. It's like I've made an incremental change, but I'm still basically the same. Yeah. Game. Because it's it's a satire. It's right. mostly interested in them as high school stereotypes. Absolutely. Um, but even then, um, while the show is definitely on the satirical side, it manages to challenge the characters and ultimately has a heart for all of them. Like even though they're fa- all fairly ridiculous. Yeah, I think like I think the high school setting helps a lot in that and that it's like they're all just kind of struggling to survive in their own way. Yeah. And so it they all are outsized and sort of larger than life, but they're also like they're kids and they're trying to figure things yeah. out. Yeah. And they're not none of them are like all that bad. Yeah. There's no there's very little like malicious intent from anybody. Yeah. Um and even if there is some kind of maliciousness, like say from the fashion club, mm-hmm. the show is very clear about those not being good people or decisions. Yeah, it's like it's it's very clear on whose side it's on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So for characters, we have Daria Morgendorfer, Londale High Teenager, and '90s animated angst queen. Yep. April um, Ludgate in high school. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. Are they making? I think I remember hearing that they're making a live action Daria. Or like a well, or, there is I think a YouTube video that is like live action Daria. I think with. Audrey, Aubrey Plaza. I would hope so. And then they're rebooting Daria. Oh. I think. And it's focusing largely on her and um, Jody. Oh, interesting. Um, but I I think I saw like a headline about yeah. it. So I know I no- wear it next is. to nothing about yeah. it otherwise. Um, did I say there's, there's Jane Lane, Daria's artsy best friend with a mm-hmm. healthy dose of snark? Which I feel like I really appreciated in the show that they found... Mm-hmm. Ways to differentiate Daria and Jane, which sounds like dumb and obvious, but like I feel no, like they but... were both like social outsiders, but in very different ways. Yeah, where Daria is very cerebral. Mm-hmm. Um, she again, like they're they're both very cynical, but Daria is more on the the bookish analytical side. Yeah, where Jane is super artsy and kind of. I mean, I guess they both don't don't give a snake, no, but <laughs> like Jane sort of revels in it a little yeah. bit. more. Whereas Daria, like, it's not like she wants to be cool, but she feels like an outsider. Yeah, she's more. very aware of being an yeah. outsider, Whereas and I, I think, think she Jane owns it a little bit. right. And I think Jane is ne- has never been interested in kind of the deep examinations of the people around her outside of it being kind of an art experiment. Yeah, and I thought it was interesting. Like, I remember being. Like watching this show and realizing that it was like, oh, this is a character who's a friend character, but it's not just like, and here's another version of this right. of the main character. And I think Jane calls Daria on on her mistakes mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, like she's a little more low key. And they sort of the the fight occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, but you can totally see them being friends. Absolutely, they make absolute total sense together. Yeah. Um, there's also Daria, Jane's younger, or excuse me, uh, Quinn, Daria's younger sister. Daria, Daria. Daria, Daria, Daria. Hello, I'm Daria. This is my sister, Daria. <laughs> we are the Daria Dorfers. Yep. <laughs> Welcome to Daria Sounds Dale. Sounds like a really weird polka band. <laughs> yeah, the Daria Dorfers. <laughs> the Daria Dorfers. <laughs> do, 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 <laughs> Putting out our new album. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, by Mystic Spiral. Um, there's Quinn, uh, Daria's younger sister, who is very into being popular and pretty with the other members of the fashion club. Um, there's Helen and Jake Morgendorfer, Daria and Quinn's parents, who love their daughters but seriously don't get them. Um, Helen's a corporate attorney, and Jake's just kind of an idiot. Yeah, he's very Chris Parnelli. 
Yeah. I mean, I think of um, the dad from the Fairly Odd Parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just... I think he's like classic cartoon dad. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Trent, Jane's older brother, and 90s grunger in a band called Mystic Spiral. With a K. That's oh, perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, Daria has a crush on him for most of the early seasons. Uh, Brittany, an airhead who cheerleader who's dating Kevin, the football team quarterback who is also an airhead. Mm-hmm. They're just a perfect match. They're delightful. Uh, there's Sandy, Stacy, and Tiffany, the other members of the fashion club. On Wednesdays, they wear pink. Yay, proto-plastics. Yeah. Um, there's Charles Upchuck Ruttheimer, a nerdy creeper who's totally an alt-right incel. I forgot about entirely. Yeah, like I was now. reading like recaps of episodes and I was like, uh-huh. oh, you. Yeah, he's the nerd that no one is supposed to like. No, exactly. Like... There is nothing warm and fuzzy about him at yeah. all. He's just a complete creeper. Yeah. It's way more and, uh, honest. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, there's Jody Landon, a motivated student and overachiever who's one of the only black people in the school. Um, she dates Mac, who's the captain of the football team, and one of the other only black students at Lawndale. Yeah. So they get the most to mention in the summer, the summer vacation movie. Yeah. I and I think um, I mean, I think Jody gets more overall than Mac. Um, yeah. Because we get to see like she's under a lot of pressure from her parents to succeed. Yeah. She and Daria trying... interacts with her more. Yeah. And like Jody is a very like sensible person. She's like not mm-hmm. a ridiculous stereotype. Yeah. She's very grounded. Yeah. But then she also like, you know, she's dealing with having to be one of the few people of color in this universe and like trying to prove herself. Um, But it's not her story. Like, yeah, I think it's like the show uses her to point out that like a lot of what the show is satirizing is like white nonsense. Yes. Totally. This is an upper class. This is a suburban white neurosis. Yeah. That's very specific. But it also is a show like written from that perspective. And I think I am glad that the show acknowledges that like, if Jody is kind of the voice of reason in this white nonsense, mm-hmm. it it doesn't try to be like, let's, you know, find out Jody's perspective in yeah. all these episodes. Cause it's like you're probably a big white writer's room. Exactly. Like, like maybe you're not the ones to do the Jody show. Yeah, you shouldn't um, own this perspective. Yeah. But. but it but it's nice to see that she is someone who is dealing with the particular pressure of having to succeed mm-hmm. and work so much harder as a person of color in a white school. Yeah, I think it's the kind of deflation that like South Park can actually do when it's good. Yeah. Uh, and especially in the earlier of like using an outside character or someone to like highlight just how low the stakes are for all for yeah. so many of these characters and make it that much more ridiculous. But also, yeah, they're on the outside of the story. Yeah. Uh, we also have uh, Lawndale High teachers, um, including the overly sensitive English teacher, Mr. O'Neill, Unhinged history teacher, Mr. DiMartino, bitter science teacher, Janet Barch, and dictatorial principal, Angela Lee. I think Mr. O'Neill and Mr. DiMartino also appear on Beavis and Butthead. Oh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. I think DiMartino almost especially. Probably. Almost he looks like he would be the, the crossover to that Yeah, universe. with the eye pops. Yeah. But he's great. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, I was like, does he teach shop? And I, and I think. Um, no, he teaches history, history? apparently. I think they have, I think he does like a shop. Maybe it's the Maybe summer, it's a the summer vacation. Yeah, I think movie. that might be it. Yeah. He definitely does something and he has war flashbacks. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> um, and we have um, Tom Sloan, who is Dor- Daria's boyfriend for the latter half of the series. I, I cannot picture in my head and have forgotten He's entirely. perfectly fine. Yeah. And I think like it opened up some nice plot lines for Daria in terms of oh, sure. her kind of having to be vulnerable. And she's usually so... She uses her cynicism as a shield mm-hmm. um, and having to kind of open up in a way that she was not anticipating. Yeah. Um, but he's ultimately like, okay, he's fine. Right. He's there to forward her story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so some themes. Um, the absurdity of high school is obviously a big one here. Uh, much like the Six Sad World fictional TV show The Characters Watch, The World of Daria looks at how ridiculous high school can be with a healthy dose of 90s irony. I feel like... I would go back and watch the six sad world clips now and find them very quaint. I know, right? Like, it's like, oh, for the days when that was extreme. Oh, yes. Like, ho, ho. When uh, that, when people would would see that and be like, well, what an interesting television show. So this look fiction. at how they've exaggerated Oh, real my life. goodness. Ugh. Oh, and now we're like, we watch the news. It's true. Six sad world. Oh. Um, but for Daria, it's the people that get you through it. Mm-hmm. Um, Daria considers herself to be an outsider, which she really is compared to the fashion clubbers of Lawndale. But she has her own crew with Jane and Trent and eventually Tom. 
And she she finds the people who understand and support her. Yeah. Um, and again, like learns how to be a little more vulnerable. And supportive herself. Yeah, exactly. And um, ultimately, most people aren't flat or awful. So the show the show pokes fun at, at his characters. Um, but it also get, lets them grow and confront the expectations of being a suburban high schooler. Um, like even Daria has to confront how cynical and guarded she is. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the like more extreme stereotypical characters, like you you don't really hate them a whole lot. No, and you feel like they're all for the most part gonna be okay. Yeah, and it's like maybe you're just gonna have lives that, you know, you were real big in high school and you're never gonna be this big again. Right. But you're not a terrible human. No, it's just like maybe. these might these might be when you peak. Yeah, exactly. And you just don't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. But you're not like a monster. Right. You've Aww. got your own things going oh, on. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> oh, Kevin. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and things I like and think other people will like. It's like A plus 90s irony goodness. Oh, yeah. It is this so is, 90s. Yeah. If you want a good look at like the, I feel like the irony of the 90s mm-hmm. and being like, too cool for school. Like the, the hangover from Gen X irony. Yeah. Where like, it was like where Gen X irony is so earnest. Yeah. And I feel like Daria is kind of reveling in that while also examining how ridiculous that is as well. Like right. the cheerleaders aren't just the ridiculous ones. Like you are as well, Daria. Yeah, exactly. It's that like no one has it figured out. It's yeah. not like, oh, the outsiders are the truly wise ones. Right. Like, no, and everybody's just muddling oh, through. Totally. And it's like you'd rather hang out with Daria. Mm-hmm. But she also has like a a bedroom with padded walls. Yeah. Like she's kind of ridiculous. Exactly. Um but it's got a main female character who's allowed to be smart and sharp and funny and dark mm-hmm. which is great like yeah. and it really celebrates her. Yeah. And you know she's like a normal looking person. Yeah. Um it never has to make her cute or funny or like sweet in a different way. It's just kind uh. of like she gets to be who she is, which is wonderful. And it's also not it doesn't treat her androgynously. It's yeah. not like like it's still like she's she's dealing with being a girl in high school as yeah. well, and it's and is allowed to do that, and it's not seen as like lessening her story or yeah. anything. Yeah, um, which is really it's it's cool. Yeah, um, and it's satisfying if you were not a cool kid in high school. Very much so. Like I think yeah, it coming out in '97, I feel like it was a great response to stuff like uh, Beverly Hills 90210 mm-hmm. and Clueless, which I love. Um, and even like something earlier, like Heather's, that is so focused on the popular experience, yeah, and showcasing a character who is so far from popular, mm-hmm. but like deeply lovable and relatable in different ways. Yeah, because even Heather's mm-hmm. is all about how the popular characters must be destroyed. Yeah, it's like... and and it's destroyed from the inside. Yeah, like it's not like the Darias of the Heather's high school are coming together to take down the Heather's. Well, I mean, Winona Ryder and Christian Slater are like the Daria no, but, characters, well, but, but then she, she infiltrates. Was, which I thought she was always a Daria. Like, oh, no, no. Oh, see, I haven't no, seen she's super angsty, and then she like infiltrates the Heather's. I thought it went the opposite way. Mm. Oh, see, there you go. Yeah. But, uh, but no, I mean, largely, but it's still like about characters who define themselves entirely around the popular characters. Yeah. Uh, Whereas, so, like, like, the popular characters exist here, and Daria mm-hmm. can't avoid them. Yeah. But she she has no interest in being part of their world. Exactly. She, she wants to separate and, yeah. like, and has a definition outside of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is great. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So, that's uh, the Lawndale High world. Okay. Well, let's keep talking about worlds that people want not to be a part of. Yeah. Including future worlds. Ooh. Uh, let's talk about the Terminator. Um. I'm cheating a little bit. I'm going to talk about both the Terminator and Terminator 2 because it's not like we're ever going to do another episode of just Terminator 2. Yeah, and they're um, so tied together. Yeah, and they have maybe like eight main characters between the two of them. Yeah. Um and which is one of the cool things. But um but yeah, they're basically like uh they're the only two Terminator movies you need. Uh don't worry about any of the others. Uh and let's talk about them. On um, the original Terminator was a 1984 action thriller borderline exploitation Roger Corman style nasty little piece of work uh that launched the career of both James Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger who had done like Hercules in New York and I think maybe one or two other movies about how big and buff he was. 
Um, and then Terminator came and made him like an action star. Um, uh, and yeah, and then Terminator 2 Judgment Day came out in 1991. Um, but they are very fun to talk about together because they were both written and directed by James Cameron. Uh, they both feature Arnold Schwarzenegger and they're just like, they're a very fun pair of movies. Um, the premise is super duper simple. Uh, in Terminator 1, uh, we learned that in the year 2029, humans build an AI network called Skynet that becomes self-aware and triggers a thermonuclear holocaust that kills just about everybody in the world. Uh, the human resistance is led by a man named John Connor, and he's a total badass. So Skynet sends a robot assassin, the T-800, back in time to kill John's mother, Sarah, before she can give birth to him. Uh, oh man the internet got real weird seriously right um the terminator is followed into the past by human soldier kyle reese and he teams up with sarah to save her and her unborn future kid uh from the terminator and destroy the the terminator robot uh they succeed with kyle sacrificing himself but before they do that they sleep together and causality loop alert kyle becomes john's dad wink i know um the first of many delightful weird causality loops that these movies like to build around themselves oh yeah um because it's fun if you're doing a time travel movie why not you gotta make a mobius strip of time exactly uh and so then in t2 uh it jumps to uh i think 11 years later so it's actually the span of years from the making of one movie to the next uh sarah has raised young john to be prepared to lead the humans against the robots they're sort of living an off-the-grid lifestyle but she gets a little too aggressive with it by trying to blow up a computer factory or something uh and has been institutionalized which leaves john into the foster system so he's kind of bouncing around and being a general no good nick um skynet deciding that an angsty teenage eddie furlong will be easier to kill than like a baby, I guess. Uh, yeah, choose right. This moment in the timeline to try I assassinating mean, John again. To be fair, babies are real hard. They're true. It's true. Like they're I resilient. Mean, they're resilient, and also like they cry a lot. Like just they have they have um, poop coming out of places. That's true. Like I don't know if it's something you want to be around if you're a robot. It is a murder bot, though. <laughs> true. I feel like murder bot versus baby <laughs> is a pretty quick matchup. I mean, you'd think, right? It's true. Maybe that's how they get you. Maybe it's like they cry at a certain frequency and the murder bot's head explodes. I like it. Um, Save it for the crossover. Yeah, right. Maybe, I guess. There are a lot of babies in Daria. Um, But yeah, maybe it might be something about like, this is the moment when John is separate from Sarah who's been like protecting him. So maybe Skynet decides that's why. But anyway, oh, they Skynet sends a uh, shinier, fancier assassin robot, the T-1000, to do the job that the T-800 was unable to do. Um, the T-1000 can uh, is made of like, uh, liquid metal and can morph itself and disguise itself and turn its arms into knives and all kinds of stuff. But Ooh. in a shocking twist that was unfortunately not allowed to be a twist because the marketing campaign for T2 completely gave it away, uh, a new T800 model, also played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, gets sent back in time as well. And this one's a good guy. Um, he's been reprogrammed by the resistance in the future to protect young John. And after they free Sarah from jail, they go on a hunt for Miles Dyson, the inventor whose work started the whole Skynet thing in the first place, to try to stop him. Um, so, yeah, Man. that's the basic setup. It's all just robots going back in time to try to kill John Connor. Yeah. And then other robots occasionally trying to stop them. Um, Good job, robots. Hey, robots. Uh, the characters, like I said, there are not many. Um, and that's one of the things that I think makes these movies so great is they're very, very hyper-focused. Um, primarily on Sarah Connor. Um, she's the ultimate badass warrior woman. Uh, she is also a really great mom in like a doomsday prepper kind of way. She's maybe a little overly protective, but when your kid is supposed to be the one that destroys robots, like... Yeah, you'd you want know, to take care of them exactly. versus all those other kids where you're like, oh, whatever, you're not going to save the world. Yeah, it's go yeah. go play in traffic. Yeah, do what you need to. Yeah, sure. Eat that thing you found under the sink. Why not? Uh, you've got Kyle Reese played by Michael Bean. Uh, he's just a nice guy, soldier from the future trying to do right in the world. Uh, there's Earl Bowen as Dr. Peter Silberman. Um, I think the only 
actor other than uh, Sarah Connor and the Terminator to cro- to be in both movies. Um, he's a psychiatrist who concludes, like, with some pretty convincing evidence from his perspective that Sarah is totally crazy face and needs to be institutionalized. Yeah, right. If someone told me that, like, a robot came from the future like to kill me so I wouldn't have a baby... So my baby wouldn't grow up to save the world from the robots killing everybody. I feel like... Like, I'd be like, okay, well, um, that's a really interesting concept. Maybe why don't you come with me we and can... we'll get you some medicine. Yeah. Huh? Right? So, yeah. But, uh, you know, he has the guts to stand up to Linda Hamilton. Uh, and that is not something that everybody's capable of doing because she's an intense she's lady. She's real hardcore. Mm-hmm. There's her doing pull-ups in T2 in the jail cell. And I she's remember just that. jacked. Yeah. Um, so there's them. Uh, and then, of course, there is Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the T-800 um, in both movies. Uh, I mean, it's just like, great. Like, he's amazing. He's perfect as an emotionless robot who learns to love just a little bit, um, but also a very scary killing machine. Um that's really it for the first movie, although Lance Henrik- Henriksen also pops up as a police interrogator and Bill Paxton pops up as a punk. Oh, good job, so, guys. So, yeah, it's like you can see James Cameron, like, gathering his aliens collaborators yeah, right? about him. Um, and then the sequel uh, introduces a few more characters, like Eddie Furlong playing uh, John Connor. Um, he's the, you know... Maybe not the best type of career-defining role in that he never really made it out from this one um, and has had a rough life since. Yeah. But he does an okay job wearing his public enemy t-shirt running around. Yeah, he does a great job in the movie. Exactly. Um, There's Robert Patrick as the career-defining T-1000. I mean, this really sort of made Robert Patrick who Robert Patrick is. And he's great at it. He's a very scary, molten metal robot man with a Tom Cruise run. And he's great. Uh, and then there's Joe Bennett as Miles Dyson, the founder of uh, of the company that creates Skynet. Um, and then there's John Connor's foster parents who get killed real fast, and I feel yeah. bad for them. But, yeah. you know. That's what happens when robots come exactly. to town. Sometimes foster parents get the short end of the stick or the sharp end of the arm through the milk That's carton. That's true. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, it's a creepy scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, um, I remember... Like being over at like it was like family friend's house mm-hmm. and it was like there are the adults and we were the kids and like the other kids are like, oh, we're going to watch Terminator 2. Ooh. Ooh. And like I like I remember having the presence of mind to be like, I know the scene is coming sometime. Mm-hmm. Like I was like, someone tell me when it's coming so I can like not look. Yeah. So I don't. Th- I think I still have never, You've seen, never it. seen it. No, because I think it's probably way worse in my mind oh, than it actually it is. is. Yeah. Um. But it was like I, I. It was like in Jurassic Park where I'd heard someone got eaten on a toilet, and yep. I just thought it was the most grotesque thing that mm-hmm. could ever happen. And then when I saw it, I was like, Oh no, he's just sitting on a toilet. He's like, <laughs> he's not pooping. Yeah. But then I was like, Oh, this <laughs> that scene was going to be so again grotesque that yeah. like it would be hard to watch mm-hmm. but when i saw the thing i was like oh it's not bad so mm-hmm. i'm sure this would be like oh yeah it's fine you watch jaws like every week when but you that, okay up. so i was gonna argue but that's real <laughs> sharks are real sharks actually eat people so that's Walt. i mean it's not grotesque no, that's you got me there that's yep. true <laughs> Um, so things that I like about the Terminator movies are pretty much everything about the Terminator movies, um, especially when looked at as a, as a pair. Um, I think it's really fun to see the way that a sequel can evolve and reinforce it, the, the previous movie in a franchise, like it can, like T1 and T2 are totally different movies. Uh, T1 is super sort of low budget. It's made to be like a a sort of spooky thriller. It's really intense and kind of scary. And then T2 is like more kid friendly um, by design. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger refused to sign on to the movie unless he was allowed to play a good guy. Yeah. Which yeah, legit. Um, yeah. He was trying to do a career turnaround and spoiler alert, it worked. Um, but yeah, I think so. Like you can see them making decisions to make the movie way more mass market to match this weird surprise 
critical or critical and commercial success they found with Terminator One. They were like, "Oh, all these people love this movie. We need to go even broader now and bigger." But in doing so, they make everything bigger. So the chase scenes are gigantic. Um, there's all of these really amazing set pieces. Like it's just super duper fun. So they're both very fun movies in very different kinds of ways, and you can see James Cameron sort of evolving as an action filmmaker as well um where t1 is much more close to like the roger corman style super cheapy roots uh and then t2 is like oh no this is a guy who makes big big movies and is really good He's, at handling. yeah um so yeah you can see him heading on his way to titanic and his heart will go on his heart will always go and on and on and on because it's time travel oh that's true speaking of which uh fun with causality loops um i think the time travel logic in terminator is one of the more like tortured versions in the in the genre mm. like it doesn't really hold up but they have a lot of fun with it so you get things like uh kyle being john's father um the t-800s circuit board being what causes Dyson to invent Skynet because they find it in 81. And so then they're like, Oh, this future technology, we can make this into a sky. So like it, it keeps looping back in on itself. Yeah. Um, and actually I think it was T three or T four that somehow pulled the bleakest possible ending out of all of that, which is John Connor basically winds up causing Judgment Day. Oh, no. <laughs> so it's like, it's Oops. weird. Like, this is a movie series that sort of revels in how dumb it is in a lot of ways. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I think including inventing rules that serve the plot, like you can't send machinery back in time. So the machines, ha like the reason that the T-800 looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger is he has to be covered in like a flesh flesh suit like a flesh mm -hmm. composite so that he can go back in time but really it's because why would they not just send back a bunch of giant robots to go yeah. crush john connor um but it's because you want arnold schwarzenegger so like and it, it's way cheaper to have an actor do it as opposed to have to build a robot <laughs> exactly and so it just keeps finding these lovely little shortcuts and end arounds including like all of the near the uh exposition about skynet and all of that in the first movie gets handled very not perfunctorily but you spend a lot of the movie not knowing it um so it's really like fun they're just really enjoyable movies and i would highly recommend watching them in quick succession because they're very different viewing experiences but both really finely well crafted um with action 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 so much fun action yeah and infrared robot vision yeah All which those, everybody loves those um mercury arms just making weapons Mercury arms? Well, you know, like they it's all the metal, liquid metal. Oh, look. yeah. That's true. Like, like all the Mercury. morphins. Yeah. Yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. The, the most Mighty Morphin yes. Power Rangers. <laughs> well, hey, now that we're already bringing some other properties into the mix, uh, let's talk about Daria and the Terminator. Yeah. Um, thematic crossovers. Um, trying to survive. Yes. Um, having. Um, being a strong woman who people mm -hmm. don't believe. Yes, an outsider, if you will. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, unfortunate branded clothing. Public mm -hmm. enemy shirts. And I'm sure somebody on Daria wears something wrong. Something dumb. Um, I don't I know. Mean, everybody looks a little silly. That's true. Yeah. We're really reaching here. We only here. have one outfit apiece. So. Yeah. I guess it's like, I mean, one of the jokes of Daria is that the stakes are so low. Yeah. And like, just and again, school. it's almost no plot, whereas the Terminator movies are entire plot. Yeah. They're just plot. Yeah. It's like a machine to get from set piece to set piece yeah. where I cannot imagine a set piece in a Daria episode. No. So let's just go ahead and jump in and imagine yeah. a set piece in a Daria episode. Where do these cross over? Um, so, I mean, obviously, um, John Connor is sent to live with foster parents in mm -hmm. Lawndale. Of course. Yeah. Without a doubt. And it's, um, you know, it's the 90s. So yeah. really, I mean, this is very T2 heavy crossover. Yeah, but I'm okay with but that. Yeah. I mean, T1 is like it's a barely for, a movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's barely a story. It's yeah. just cool stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think like T2, yeah, he gets maybe, maybe after, um, you know, the events of T2. Mm-hmm. Uh, or is this contemporaneous or after T2? No, I think this is contemporaneous. Okay, so yeah. So he's he's in the foster system. Sarah's institutionalized. Um, and yeah, so he's living in Lawndale. Um, is he with anybody in particular? 
Um, I mean, I think he would um, maybe start school at Lawndale and being kind of an outsider himself. Mm-hmm. I feel like um, Jane would actually be real into him. Yeah, I feel like the two of them would click. Pretty yeah. Well. We're aging him up a little bit. Yeah, because how old is he? I think he's like 12. See, when I was watching it, I was like, you're a, you're a real grown-up teenager. Yeah, he's so old. You're so old. You're, oh, you're so mature, John Connor. Yeah, right? You're like, you're 45. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, so yeah, like he's, you know, say he's like 16 or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he, you know, trying to survive normal high school life. Exactly. Um, being a 90s angsty teen. Right, he still doesn't really believe that he's the chosen one or that there are murderous robots no, running around. because, like, he's been taught that his mom is, you know, like a, a crazy person. Yeah, so I think, like, he, like, Jane and Daria get sort of interested in him, partly because he's got these, like, oh, my mom has these weird stories and all of this. Like, he's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. she always raised me talking about all this stuff. Yeah. And it's, like, it's grim. And, it's and, like, I, and I mean, but then Daria's like, well, it's more interesting than my parents, who are just real normal people. It's true. You have real problems, John. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think they sort of bring him into the clique. Um, I think... Uh, only because I'm so besotten and I had totally forgotten about him. I think Upchuck mm-hmm. uh, somehow gets tied in with Dyson Corporation. Oh, totally. Like he's, he's relaying information back. Yeah, he's real yeah. creepy. Um, um, T-1000 comes back. Oh, yeah. Now, Robert Patrick as T-1000 is amazing. Yeah. But who in the Daria-verse does the T-1000 kill and assume the shape of um, as the primary shape? I think, I mean, my first thought was that he'd be Mr. DiMartino. My exact same Because thought. he does not look like a human. No, he doesn't. He's, he would fit right in. As exactly. As a sort of like, jerky yeah. kind of guy. He might not be able to be weird enough as Mr. DiMartino. Yeah, right? People would be like, man, he was really off today. Um, so yeah, I think like Mr. DiMartino. Mr. DiMartino kills. Oh, um, I didn't have them on the list, but there are like three guys who are like, Basically, like the girls in Beauty and the Beast who are always swooning after Gaston. There are three oh. bros who are always swooning after Quinn. Oh, yeah. So I, um, those guys. Their names are irrelevant. No, it's true. Um, they're dead anyway. They're dead. So, yeah, Mr. DiMartino kills all of them. <laughs> and people are like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. And then, but so I think he starts trying to do it DiMartino style. Yeah. Uh, and but then realizes that he can't get close enough. Yeah. So he's like, okay, I got to infiltrate the kids. Well, yeah, because I've, I'm sure as DiMartino, he's a teacher. Like right. you can't you can't hug a student. Yeah, and and, tr- and stab him in the back. It's true. And he tries to like do the backwards chair sit and yeah. talk to John Connor in a conference, and John Connor's like, "You're lame," and yeah. just walks out. And I think um, Principal Lee would be like. You have to step back. Mm-hmm. This is completely against the rules. You're going to get us lost. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like, damn it, I can't. No, I get... must got to infiltrate the children. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, who have the kids now? Um, I'm I'm gonna say uh, Sandy, the leader of the fashion club. Mm, she's a little robotic. She, yeah, she's very robotic. Um, mm-hmm. she is in charge yep. of things. People listen to her. That's true. Tiffany and Stacy do not question. No. So mm-hmm. he would have um. Some uh, minions. Yes. I think, yes, I think um, I'm also going to throw in that, man, Sarah Connor hasn't even showed up yet. Yeah, right. Um, I think that Trent and Jane mm-hmm. are not descendants, antecedents of Kyle Reese. Oh, yeah. I can so, see that. you know, we get some weird... So wait, so Jane is crushing on her... Oh, yeah. well, yes. Yeah. yeah abso- <laughs> absolutely she is. Like... Wait, so if they're... No, no. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so they're... Her, like, half-cousin. They Well, no, because they would be... They're, let's say, like, like Jane's great-great-grandchild would uh-huh. be this guy's father. So uh-huh. he would be, like... She would be, like, his great-great-great-grandmother. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm maybe, okay with that. I don't know. What? Maybe it's Daria's great-great-great-grandchild? Eh. I kind of like him with Jane. Yeah. I don't know. Do they have to get together though? He's a you know he's got to go off wandering into the desert after this. True, but I mean it's high school. You're not going to be with the person you're with in high school yeah, necessarily. Out a little bit, whatever. It's generations no, on no, generations. No. If I made is... out with my great 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 grandmother. No, for sure. The good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing. <laughs> no. All right, fine. The Morgendorfers are or, antecedents um, of Kyle Reese. So what? Well, what if? Um, okay, so what if it wasn't. The, the lanes. What if it was like 
Kevin. Oh my God! Yes, the, the Kevin Reese. Yeah, <laughs> he's just a big, big, like, stupid loser. And we just find it out right at the end of the movie. Yeah, someone's like, "There goes Kevin Reese, the star quarterback." Yeah, like it doesn't have any bearing on anything. No, he's just like do 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 do. But you know what? That makes me happy for Kevin because then it's yeah. like you're worth something. Absolutely. You know, yeah. you may peak in high school, but um, your great great grandchild is going to help save the world. And I think he hates John Connor. Yeah. Oh, totally. The whole thing. Yeah. Like, like in a way that Kevin doesn't even hate people in the show. Oh, like, no, Kevin exactly. Is, like, enraged by John Connor. Yeah. For some reason. Because he's so unnatural. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, how did Daria and I think. Maybe uh, Sarah Connor shows up at Daria's house. Yeah. John Connor's been hanging out there. Yeah. Lane. Well, and also, so I'm thinking that Daria's mom, as a corporate attorney, mm-hmm. um, would be the in house legal counsel for Skynet. Oh, yeah. So maybe Sarah Connor oh, yeah. is like, okay, I know that the um, Helen Morgendorfer mm-hmm. represents Skynet. I'm, I need to find some like yeah. papers on them. It's a, a Cyberdyne. That's the company. So Skynet is like the internet that they, they make. Okay. Cyberdyne is the company. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. So, no, it's, no, I literally just remember that yeah. now. I've been calling them Cyberdyne? Cyberdyne. Dyne. D-Y-N-E. D- okay. Because it, the cyber will make you die. No. Uh-huh. On Cyberdyne sounds like, you know, like DoorDash or Grubhub. Like... I mean, so it's actually kind of prescient. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yes, she is absolutely the representative for Cyberdyne. Yeah, so I think Sarah Connor is like, I'm, I she figures out like, okay, mm-hmm. this Helen Morgendorfer's got some papers yeah. that I need. I need to like get and release to show people that I'm you looking know for Miles for uh, for the adventure. Yeah, and so so I think that yeah, she like we still get the same plot where like. Miles gets roped into it. He winds up sacrificing himself, but he's trying to destroy his research. Yeah. Who should find it? But what's his face? Upchuck finds oh, the no. research and takes it to Cyberdyne at the end of the movie. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's our sting at the end. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, so then, but then Sarah Connor sees John Connor hanging mm-hmm. out with Daria and, and Jane. Mm-hmm. They all get reunited. They get attacked by... Um, by the fashion club. By the fashion club. Yeah. Um, Maybe they're all robots. They're all robots. At well, this I think point. by that point, Sandy yeah. would have killed them and made them robots. Yep. And I think, meanwhile, the school is still adjusting to the president, to to the new uh, temporary history substitute teacher, Mister T eight hundred. Yeah. Who's replacing Mister D Martino? Yes. And has a propensity to just shoot things up. Yeah. Right. But it's the nineties. Yeah. He you showed can... up naked on the on the ball field one day. And, yeah. And. Uh, the principal was like, we need a history teacher. Yeah. Get in whatever. there. And then Robot from the Future teaching all kinds of bonkers robot history. Yeah, right. Because history for him hasn't it's, happened for the class yet. So he's teaching true. them about the robot uprising. He's yeah. Teaching. So maybe he's getting them drafted into the war against the future robot uprising. Oh, wow. So, so they're all going to be soldiers in the, the war against robot uprising. Yeah, because yeah, he, like the T-800... In T2 is the one who who gives all the exposition. Yeah. So he knows, obviously. That's true. So I think like the kids come in for history class and they're like, oh, Mr. Martino is not here. And then the Terminator just starts reciting the exact speech he says in T2 about like when Skynet achieves sentience and all of that. Yeah. And just And they're all it. just like, what? I'm sorry, what? Most of them aren't paying attention. No, but the ones who are. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, huh. Yeah. So we ultimately get Lawndale as like the nexus of the human resistance. Yeah, which, you know, um, does not give me a lot of hope. No, I think we're kind of screwed. Yeah, but it seems like we're kind of screwed anyway. It's true. No matter what, Judgment Day is going to happen. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Man. But, you know, a bummer feels like an okay ending for a Daria yeah, story, right? too. It is a sick, sad world, Daria. It's a very sick, sad world. Yeah. And the robots are going to take care of it. Yep. <laughs> Do better than the humans. Oh, uh, Yeah. So, uh, kiss your faces, obviously Jane and John Connor. Yep. Who are or not, not distant. Not related. related at all. I guess, whatever. Um Yeah, anybody else? Does Sarah Connor get with anybody? I feel like I don't want to inflict anyone on her. Maybe she toughens up Mr. What's his face? Mr. O'Neill. Mr. O'Neill. Maybe. Yeah. Um It's like unconfirmed. that's all we got. It's like unconfirmed at the end of the movie. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I feel real bad. Yeah. Or no gets, one is as cool as she is. No. No one no one deserves Linda Hamilton. I in her know, prime. right? Or Linda Handel, Hamilton ever. Yeah. Have you seen the publicity photo? Oh, of the I Terminator? know. She looks amazing. She looks so hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I think she's just a lone wolf. I think so. You know what? And that's, that's probably better for her. There's no one in Lawndale for you. No, no men, no women. I just can't inflict that upon you. Yeah. She feels weird around Kevin, but she can't see, she can't tell why. Yeah. And she just, and like in a way that she's like, I don't like you either. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Um, I can see, um, the T-800 hooking up with, um, one of the other teachers. Oh, Principal Lee. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know if he has sex organs or not. That's I mean, more thinking that he... we need to do about this. Yeah. Yeah. They just cuddle. Well, I don't know. I mean, why wouldn't he? If he's a human otherwise, why That's would he true. be a Kendall? I mean, because what's the point? If you're a robot assassin, you're not there to create life, Annie. You're there true. to destroy it. But, but it's not creating life. Yeah. It's just having a good time. <laughs> just like the birds and the bees yeah right it makes more sense than that <laughs> it does you're right it does um well good for good for principal yeah Lee. right she yeah. has a hard time leading she, this school yeah so she can hook up with young arnold schwarzenegger yeah um how about uh jody and mac i think they just move away yeah they're like <laughs> we're not putting up with this white nonsense they're like the heck with this no no thank you yeah we're going somewhere else we're going to a charter school mm-hmm. some kind of magnet high school where none of you are are around they see miles dyson get killed and they're like no no we're done yeah that's it thanks though one black guy in the movie gets killed no we're out of here oh it's okay i didn't yeah yeah um yeah it's a bummer he's great but um yeah i think they just they want nothing to do with this yeah Man, Lawndale really gets murdered a lot. Yeah, well, you know. I don't think many people survive this. No. Um, obviously, Kevin does. Kevin has. Well, of course, which really just wraps it all with a bow. Yeah, right. Um, so what happens to Daria, Jane, and Trent? Let's I mean, limit it to them. Let's say that, you know, they're um, limited to like this is the end of the. Well, if everybody world. else is getting, you know, killed in different ways or yeah. whatever, like where do they wind up? At the end of this movie. I don't think that different. Yeah. I honestly think that they're like having pizza at the end of it being like, this is real weird. I think Sarah Connor and John Connor steal Trent's van. Oh, totally. And that's the lasting consequence of this event. Yep. For Lawndale. Exactly. <laughs> Poor Mystic Spiral. Oh, Mystic Spiral. But now now Mystic Spiral is saving the world. Yeah. Well, I feel good about this bummer. Me uh, too. Yeah. It feels very in, in the spirit of both properties. I agree. They actually crossed over pretty well. Yeah. I like it. Me too. Um, well, cool. Well, if people want more of either kind of these properties, uh, where should they go for more Daria stuff? Um, so for more 90s, 90s-ish high school fun and satire, um, there's My So-Called Life, which um, is probably the angstiest of uh, 90s teen TV shows, even mm-hmm. though it only ran for like two, one or two seasons. Yeah. Um, starring um, Claire Danes in her heyday. Oh, yeah. Much more feelsy than Daria. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Buffy the Vampire Slayer, which I think yeah. also started in 1997. Um, also about how high school is something you have to survive. Yeah, rolls a little more optimism into it. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has that flair of like, we're outsiders and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 10 Things I Hate About You, because I think Kat and Daria would be real good friends. They would get along delightfully. Yeah. Um, Clueless, which is way more popular focus than Daria, mm-hmm. um, but has that same kind of satirical look at high school, where it's like, this is not the real world. Yeah, it creates a fictional reality that is high school. Exactly. Um, Heather's, again, for that very hard satirical, mm-hmm. um, but with a real edge, um, yeah. whereas Clueless, you you love all the characters. And nobody gets murdered. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Heather's is the crossover we made. Yeah, that's true. It's basically, yeah, yeah. you just created it. Uh, mean Girls obviously um, inherits mm-hmm. a lot from Daria. Yeah, um, it is the John Connor to Daria's. Uh, oh, Kyle Reese. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, because mm-hmm. like Janice is kind of like a Jane Lane. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yes. Um, so so thanks uh, Daria because mm-hmm. now we have Mean Girls. He gives a lot of good stuff. Indeed. Um, welcome to the Dollhouse, which mm-hmm. is a very dark satirical look yeah. at uh, girls in high school. And a movie I watched at like a sleepover in sixth grade. Oh, weird. I know, right? Like, shouldn't we have been watching like real fun stuff? Was everybody just like, let's not grow up now. Yeah, see, I know I was Ever. like, I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. looks like garbage. Um, the Craft, which I love. Even more 90s. So 90s, so angsty. Oh. Um, but your friends are also evil. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Saved, um, which is a satirical look at like yeah, like youth group teen life. Um, and again, it has has a real heart to it in the end. Um, but I'm a cheerleader, um, which is a real 90s throwback You're about really bouncing back and forth on the tones of these. I know, but that's the thing. Like, I feel like it kind of crosses the divide. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I'm a cheerleader. But that one has a lot of like sweetness to it, too. Mm-hmm. And it's about um, a, a teen cheerleader who um, is sent to gay conversion camp. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and there she realizes, no, she actually is gay. It's true. It's, it's real sweet, actually. Aww. Um, and Ghost World, which I have not seen oh, or read, um, but apparently, I think it, it really is like... It's very spiritually in line. Yeah, and I don't know which came first. Uh, the, the graphic novel. Okay, so yeah, it first. feels like it probably lent a lot to Daria. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you meant between the graphic novel and the movie. Um, I think Ghost World came before Daria, but I'm not positive. Yeah. But I I mean, they both seem real fun. Oh, yeah. And very totally. Um, and like early Scarlett Johansson. Oh, wait, well. maybe. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, oh, yep. So it um, Ghost World came out starting in 1993. Got it. So, yeah. Very pre A little bit of lead time. Yeah. Um, and I'm probably the wrong person to recommend animated view likes for Daria since I'm weirdly picky about both animated shows it's and true, satires. Folks. High standards. Very high standards. Because I, I think for me, I really need a heart to it, um, mm-hmm. which means a lot of things like um, South Park or Rick and Morty or Archer. Like, I think mm-hmm. those thing are things that like would actually fit very well into this category. But I don't just... know, actually, I don't know that I would recommend any of these, any of those. Really? Of Daria. I think Daria has a laconic enough tone. Yeah. Um, that most of the animated stuff that you like would be closer to Daria than a lot of other animated shows. Cause I think Daria is more laid back. True, but it definitely has more of that satirical edge. Yeah. But I think the thing that you don't like is the freneticism and chaos. Yeah. Oh, totally. Where, which Daria is a very like, like controlled yes, show. That is very true. Because so Daria think, is more controlled. I think most of the stuff that appeals to you would, would nice. fit better. Thanks, Daria. <laughs> um, so we have Bob's Burgers, yes. which is about the kind of weird family experience. Um, I can see maybe Louise growing up to be friends with Daria. Yep, yep. She would be the, the outgoing friend of the group. Exactly. Um, and just a little chaos Muppet. Um, Gravity Falls, which we are still in the middle of season two. It's so good. So good. And it's another show that's like, it goes real weird in a lot of places. It's a very subversive stream. Yeah, but it's, it has such a heart and is so charming. And mm-hmm. I crack up every time we watch it. Um, there's Clone High, which I like. Wa- remember watching from, you know, when I was in high school, early college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like. Great, you know, famous people from history are yeah. cloned and go to high school together. Yeah, it's, it's by Gendy Tartakovsky, who did Dexter's Lab and Samurai Jack. Uh, it's yeah, it's it's very delightful. Yeah, and I I don't remember a lot of the plot, but it's just like the characters are real fun and weird. I feel like it's a little more like it's like Daria meets Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, I think that's a real good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, I'll throw another one on here that's um, Hercules the animated series. Oh, I never which, watched that. It's, you know, like there's the the movie, the Disney movie Hercules, and this imagines Hercules when he's in high school, like training to become a hero. Ah. And it just like it it rehashes all the Greek myths, but mm. in a fun, like weird high school way. Nice. Like he's friends with um, Icarus and Cassandra and like, you know, at one point. All the greats. Yeah. Like, or yeah. And, uh, you know, at one point. um they um oh what's the the myth um pygmalion like Uh they make a woman so to go to prom with and like it's again like it's just a real funny kind of look at how high school is awful yeah and which is a survivable ripe ripe territory for mining (laughs) exactly Mm -hmm. um and probably the simpsons i didn't really watch it growing up um yeah and it, I think the early Simpsons probably has I, more of a similar side to I it. I think the Simpsons is very blue collar and the and Daria is very white collar. Yeah. Fo- in their focus. Yeah. And I think that like that affects the tones of both of them. But oh, I totally. think they're both, they have similar structures to a lot of them. Yeah. And it seems like they both have kind of an edge, but ultimately a heart for their characters. Yeah. Especially kind of any re- Simpsons episode focusing on Lisa would be a oh, great Lisa. one to watch. Yeah. Lisa and Daria, they would totally they get, get along. Other, without a doubt. 
Um, and then Daria is a big reader, so you can even just check out her reading list. Oh, cool. And uh, read along in the classics with Miss Morgendorfer. Thanks, yeah. Internet. Yeah, right. Um, so, yeah, how about uh, the Terminators? Well, sure. Uh, so there's all sorts of good time travel movies. Um, there's Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, which is one uh, of the most consistent time travel logic movies ever. Weirdly. Right on. It's like they, they set their rules and they follow them. Yeah. Um, uh, there's Back to the Future, which we've already talked about. Uh, there's Primer, which uh, I have not seen in quite a while. And it, it's very hard to describe, but it's a it's an indie movie that's basically two guys invent a time machine in their garage and things get very weird. It is yeah. also one of the most consistently like rules-based plotted time travel movies, but yeah. in a way that is like mind-bending. Like you spend a lot of the movie having no conception of what's actually happening. Um, it's really cool. It's a fun sort of experiment. Uh, there's Looper, uh, starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis, uh, about time-traveling assassins, but in a different way than The Terminator is about time-traveling assassins. Um, and then uh, for more James Cameron action fun, I mean, Aliens is the closest proxy because Sigourney Weaver and Linda Hamilton should just like hang out and drink beer together. And yeah, talk right. About being and like do, do pull ups. Yeah, they're just amazing. Um, yeah, I think that like Aliens is James Cameron's closest movie to, to especially to T2. Yeah. Um, watching just real exciting action. Right. And just like really masterful control of like set like pieces. Mom's kicking butt exactly and it's great and making you feel good yeah um there's uh i would recommend the matrix if you haven't seen it and you like the terminator movies it's a similar uh similarly culturally situated movie and then it redefined a lot of how people thought about action blockbusters and like found visual styles and visual approaches that influenced the next 10 or so years of movies and maybe you don't need to watch the sequels i I'm a little bit of a sequels apologist for The Matrix, I but I also them. haven't rewatched them yeah. in a long time. I mean, I'll stand by The Matrix. It's a fun yeah, movie. Absolutely. It's yeah, like a lot of Wachowski Brothers stuff, it is a super fun movie that is not quite as smart as it thinks it is, but man is it visually cool. I really mm-hmm. want to watch Speed Racer. That's on my list to watch soon. There uh, there's yeah. starring Emil Hirsch. Um for other movies, oh, I think uh, James Cameron and John Carpenter share a lot of DNA as filmmakers, and so I would recommend uh, They Live um, for a more, like, satirical bent, uh, very blunt satire, but very, like, fun movie. Uh, about They Live is about a guy who becomes aware of a secret alien plot to control everything, uh, and he becomes aware because he puts on sunglasses that let him see all the aliens pretending to be people. Um, Mm. There's The Thing, which I think is very close to, like, the original Terminator in, like, paranoid thriller, uh, but it's got some amazing creature design, and Kurt Russell is amazing in it. Um, And then for just other random picks, I would say Robocop is also a very 80s movie action. Oh, yeah. Like, very much fitting in the Terminator vein, and has a metal man in it. Um, And uh, Predator, if you want some more Arnold Schwarzenegger action hero goodness, Predator is a great time and super dumb. It's just Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers, and they are so greased up. Man. Um, and hey, if like you like your apocalyptic fiction and robots destroying humanity, but you want to feel completely and utterly hopeless at the end of things, why not check out the Harlan Ellison short story, I Have No Mouth and I Must Scream? Um, it's got all of the stuff that's in Terminator, but horrible. Um, um, I yeah. think if you want to look at the destruction of humanity and robots mm-hmm. um, and want to feel mildly annoyed at the end maybe um bsg pro ones and battles yeah i liked the well no the last five minutes are a bummer yeah but overall it's better than people said it was like i think people led into it for us being like it's the worst tv ending ever yeah and we're like whatever it was fine it's uh who cares i'm for both bsg and lost i'm like well the finales made me cry a lot so i'll i'll get behind them yeah, right. And you know him. what? Every James almost crying old craggy man tears. Like, oh, I'll man-tears. take that and add some weirdo robot dancing. Exactly. Whatever you need to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think we did it. Somehow. We, we destroyed Lawndale yeah. with robots. Yeah. Good job, robots. Yeah. <laughs> you did it. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah. Well, uh, if people want to see some uh, non-robot curated content delivered by robots... 
and non-self-aware robots. Mm, that we it, know of. That we know of. Uh, where, Siri is laughing in <laughs> oh, the dark. no, the algorithm. Or is it no, that was Alexa? Yeah. That was Alexa. it. She laughs at night. Siri doesn't have a sense of humor. No. Um, where can people go? Uh, people can find all of our Crossover Appeal content, including the show notes, at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, you can email us all of your hot six sad, six sad world tips to mm-hmm. crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can share all your angsty 90s um, throwaway camera photography at our Facebook group, um, Crossover Appeal Podcast. And you can visit our Twitter account at Crossover Appeal, where I think we should do a poll to see whether people prefer the fashion club or the plastics. That's a hard one. I think it's going to be the plastics. I know, but we should at least give people give people a chance to have well, a Well, we voice. could do the fashion clubs, the Heathers, or the plastics. Oh, yeah. Try to split the vote yeah. a little bit. I like it. Um, so yeah and then uh, oh you've got the last one oh yeah most importantly uh, subscribe on iTunes and rate and review things Mm -hmm. because like sure maybe some other people could hear us too yeah don't be don't give in to your ironic detachment yeah tell people that you like things it's cool to like things it's cool to like things now guys Mm -hmm. like Sarah Connor likes humanity Right? And and pull-ups. Yeah, she gives pull-ups five stars on yeah, iTunes. Yeah, exactly. The Give pull-ups us are a, a very weird alt <laughs> indie band. <laughs> They're like diapers. They're like diapers? Well, that's the diapers, you know, the pull-ups. Oh, yeah. But they make good music. <laughs> their, their, their debut album was I'm a Big Kid Now. So... <laughs> Yeah. Well, not going to top that one, folks. No. So we're just going to go ahead and abandon ship. <laughs> Join us back here in two more weeks. We'll have another crazy crossover for you. But in the meantime, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Carty. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. <laughs> <laughs>